He looks determined without being ruthless. Something heroic in his manner. There's a courage about him. Doesn't look like a killer. Comes across so calm. Acts like he has a dream. Full of passion. You don't trust me, huh? Well, you know why. I do. We're not supposed to trust anyone in our profession anyway. Welcome back to Asian Cinema Fusion. I am your host, Paul Martinez. And we are back talking once again, as we have been for the last uh, couple weeks, films from the New York Asian Film Festival 2018, the 17th edition of this festival. And uh, definitely one of the best that I've seen. A lot of fun this year. And definitely have been enjoying it uh, thoroughly. Uh, now, we're going to talk five films today, and the one we're going to start out with is a very interesting film. 2018 in Japan, it's called Liver Leaf. Directed by Isuke Naito, who um, directed the classic, Let's Make the Teacher Have a Miscarriage. <laughs> we can, you can only imagine if you haven't seen that film, what it's like. And a, another great film, A Puzzle. Uh, starring Anna Yamada as Haruka Nozaki. Um, she's really pretty much, I might be her only, um, major motion picture film, um, mostly known for TV series in Japan. Also starring Hiroya Shimizu as, uh, Mitsuru Aiba, uh, who you would know from Solomon's Perjury and Strayer's Chronicle, two movies that we have both, uh, have been reviewed on this show. Also starring Starring Rinka Otani as Taiko Oguro. Uh, this is her feature film debut. Another girl having her feature film debut in this movie is Rina Otsuka, who plays Rumi Sayama. This is a pretty young cast, and uh, I think a very good one. Tagline for this film, and again, if you're new to the podcast, and I don't know, hopefully, I have a lot of new people every show. And if you are new, we like to have a little fun and make up our own taglines for each film that we review. Um, they're usually pretty awful. <laughs> and the one for this one is, Buried Under the Frost is Burning Hatred. So what's this about? Well, a young girl transfers to a new school and is bullied in the most extreme ways with just one friend on her side. But when the bullying goes too far, it's her turn to bring the pain. So, like almost every Japanese film, this comes from a popular manga. I have never really read manga, to be honest. Um, but after seeing this film, I want to see the source material to see if it's as good as this. Uh, you know, the theme of bullying is a very popular one these days um, in Asian cinema. Um, and even in America, too. And many films and TV series are based around it. Um, you know, 13 Reasons Why on Netflix very popular. Uh, so, you know... Bully, we've gone over a few films in this festival that uh, is based around bullying. So this is a very topical uh, subject right now. Here is one that goes a bit in a different way. You know, where the one who is bullied winds up, you know, wreaking havoc upon her tormentors. And she does it in visceral fashion. I mean, this 
is graphic violence at its highest order. But yet, it's not as disturbing as the violence in many other films of the genre. Um, well, except for the snowblower scene. You'll see what I mean when you watch it. What you will also see is a great cast of mostly young actors that for the most part do an admirable job. The one that stood out for me was uh, Rinka Otani, who is kind of the leader of the bully crew. Although her motives are not truly known until later in the film, she has a very cool presence in this film, and her character becomes much more layered as time goes on. Anna Yamada and uh, Hiroi Shimizu are also pretty good in their roles. Uh, you know, in recent years, Japan has really focused on young actors, and I think it's been a success. Um, and this film, uh, you know, this continues to prove that. It's almost, you know, like a renaissance in Japan where it's really most films are being carried by young actors. I think this is some of the best filmmaking I've seen in Japan in a long time. Now, there are a lot of twists here that I didn't see coming, and I enjoy. This film is a bit dark, it's very bloody, yet it's beautifully shot, it's great cinematography, some really, you know, there's a lot of snow in the backdrop, and it looks really, really, with the gore and blood, have you, and the contrast to the snow. This was really a very stylized, very cool film, while being exciting, funny, at parts get too angry. It, it's really, it does bring up a multitude of emotions watching it. To me, that's what you want in a film. I want a film to make me feel something, anything. I mean, it could just be mindless joy. Uh, you know, it could be exhilaration. It could be anger. It could be sadness. But, you know, it could be hope. But I, I need a film to make me feel something. This film makes me feel a lot of things. You know, there is almost an artistic grace in the violence here that makes any sense. And then what helps this as well is there is a horde of deplorable characters in this film, from students to teachers. It really wasn't hard to feel like they were all kind of getting their just desserts in this film. I mean, truly, this um, it's just a great job by the director, um, Naito. And you know, he talked after the film, and uh, he had said uh, that when people read the manga, they immediately went on Twitter and whatnot. And we're saying that if this is going to be made into a live-action film, he's the guy to do it. And it turned out it was greenlit with a different director. And for some reason, uh, you know, things fall through, and the other director, I guess, had other commitments and had to step away from the project. And this allowed SK Naito to step in. And I think we're all lucky for this to happen. Uh, this is just a wild film. As I've said, this is chock full of graphic violence, and it may not be for the squeamish, but I personally really enjoy this film. And there's a lot going on here. And no, I didn't give you a lot of backstory in this film, because there's so much I don't want to give away. Um, but I can tell you that the way this film starts is not the way this film ends. Characters make heavy shifts in this film. Just trust me, this is a film that you are going to enjoy. It is a thrill ride, and it is really fun. I give this an 8 out of 10. Um, really one of the better films I saw at this year's festival. Check this out. Liverleaf. And for those who are wondering what does Liverleaf mean, it actually refers to a plant. like a It's almost like a honeysuckle plant, that family. 
Um, and that's what it refers to as one of the characters um, is fascinated by them and taking pictures of them um, as they sprout from the snow as spring uh, approaches. So that's uh, where the title comes from. Literally, check this one out. Trust me. Our next film, After My Death, 2017, out of South Korea, directed by, I'm going to butcher his name, I believe it's Oi Sok Kim. And, uh, now, this is a bit interesting. I heard there might be two Oi Sok Kims. Oi Sok Kim is the name of the director of Sword in the Moon, another film called Man of a Gun. Yet, I've read on a couple articles that this is this director's first film. So, I don't know if it's two directors with the same name or not. But, I mean, Oi Sok Kim was the director of Sword in the Moon, the great Korean war film. And Man of a Gun was the film I'm really not familiar with at all. So, I'm not sure if it's the same director or not. I really tried to find out, but I just cannot be able to verify one way or the other if it's the same guy. It's starring... John Yao Bin, who plays Young Hee, she was in Running Actress, they didn't see, she was in Treacherous, which was an okay film, and also starring So Young Hua, who plays Kyung Min's mother, who she was probably best known for Hawaii, A Monster Boy, which we uh, reviewed on this show, and Luck Key, a film that uh, we will, probably within this year, we'll be reviewing Luck Key. The tagline for this is very simple. It's one word. It's live. What's this about? A young girl goes missing and is believed to have committed suicide. Now all the questions rest to the girl who last saw her alive. And there's so much more to this than that. That's really a basic synopsis. But what we have here, maybe one of the saddest films I have ever witnessed at the festival. This is extremely bleak and melancholy. Uh, but mixed in is a quasi-mystery as we try, along with the characters, want to understand just what's happened. The thing is, though, we never do. And most people never understand why things happen, why tragedy happens. A lot of times we don't know why. And the, real, the realization of that is quite striking. You know, we're given very quick glimpses of our missing girl. But we never fully get to know her or what's going on in her head. And while that may frustrate you as a viewer, imagine what it's doing to our characters on the screen, or in the case of when things like this have happened in real life, how their family members or friends have felt. So very poignant, in my opinion here. Jun Yobin is simply fantastic in this role, as the guilt-ridden girl trying to make sense of everything. Also amazing was So Young Wa as our missing girl's mom. And what we get is almost a game of cat and mouse, as each one is trying to see the other somehow responsible. This was really engrossing for maybe the first hour, maybe hour and 15 minutes. But then the film turned a little, and we get answers that only led to more questions, which leads to a final scene that left you to try to decipher. And I've heard multiple theories. And so it's not to spoil anything, I won't get into mine, but fair to say this will leave you scratching your head a bit, and I definitely think it's a film where, kind of like the whaling that we do on here, where you're kind of left to decide for yourself what you think happened, except this is nowhere near as good as the whaling. Um, now, 
Well, I had my issues with the ending, and I did. Um, I'm sorry. I know open-ended endings are very popular in Asian cinema, and for the most part, I don't have a problem with them, but I did not like the way it was done here at all. Um, it just really... It, it didn't leave you with, like, a whole lot to think about, and, like, well, it, it left you with what the hell is going on. I don't know. It's just for me. I was not... I thought this film was really good until the end. I had even more of a problem, though, with the ancillary characters in here. Many are shown sporadically and then brought back to some sort of insight, but honestly, at that point, you may have forgotten who they were. As I said, the director gave us some great glimpses into our two main characters, but the rest were not fleshed out as well, and they became mostly forgettable. And then, you know, you when when they would re-enter the storyline later, it was just like, well, wait a minute, who's that? How do they fit into this? I just thought it was very disjointed with this, the way the you know, the other supporting cast were kind of like shuffled in and out without any reason. There's teachers in here, which I never understand their motives. It's just, I, get, I think this was a very interesting story, a very sad story, but I think maybe... You know, in the aspect of trying to, you know, stretch the movie out and add a little more depth to it, added stuff, but it wasn't fleshed out well enough and came out hollow. You know, but again, at the core of this film, the story is of bullying. And apparently, teen suicide is a real problem in Korea, as they have one of, if not the highest rate, of self-afflicted deaths in the world. Now, teen angst is a real thing. I've dealt with it. I'm sure many of you have as well. And I'm fairly sure if you wanted to, it would be very hard to orate what emotions you went through at that time. And this story kind of does the same. And it does work on some levels, but yet misses on others. This was a very hard one for me. I mostly enjoyed this. But fuck, there were issues that got compounded with the very non-leader ending. And so, this is very, very indie-ish. Which I think, if that's your thing, check this out. Again, um, I do warn you, as many films in this festival this year, this is very bleak. This is a very uh, sad, bleak film. And I just want to prepare you for that. This is not a... You're not leaving the theater thinking great about life. It's sad. It's a very sad film. And I think it's a film that you could enjoy. Maybe the ending won't create you as much as it did me. Because I have to say, up until like maybe the last 20 minutes of this film, I was thoroughly enjoying it as sad as it was. So, you know, maybe uh, you check it out and maybe the ending won't bother you as much as it But for me, I give this film a 5 out of 5. Our next film, Crossroads 1, 2, Jaga. 2018 out of Malaysia, uh, written and directed by Nam Ron, who directed a film called Thief of Heart a few years ago. He also is, uh, plays a role in the film, uh, starring Ariel Bayou as Sugarman, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, he was in Buffalo Boys, which we are going to review next show. I believe it's next show or show after, but we will be viewing Buffalo Boys as a film I did view at the festival. Java Heat and Headshot. Uh, which we reviewed here in the past. Also starring Zahiro Adzin, who plays Hussein. Uh, he was in a film called Senjakala, 
He was also in Bunahan, Return to Murder. It's a fairly big name in Malaysia. Rosdeen Subo, who plays Officer Hassan. As far as I can tell, this was his film debut at Campion. I think he may have done some stage work. But I, I don't know if he's been in uh, maybe like commercials and stuff. I don't think he's done any major motion picture before this. And also in this film is Timothy Castillo, who plays Rico. And I've talked about Timothy Castillo a lot. I talked about him last show. He was in Neo Manila. Um, he was in a film called Mondo Manila, uh, Violator, other stuff. To me, one of the best young actors coming up out of Asia. He's actually not a Malaysian actor. Um, he, he's a Philippine actor. This was a very all-star cast. Ario Bayou, who um, you know, is the star of this film, is actually an Indonesian actor. So we get kind of an a international a flavor here of characters in this film. And our tagline for this is, to protect and serve your own self-interest. So basically what we have here is the story of police and their relationships with the illegal migrant workers in Malaysia. And what we do have here actually is one of the bravest films I've seen in a long time. And I'm going to get into that a bit more in a minute. But this film takes a hard look at police corruption and how it affects everyone. From law-abiding citizens, illegal migrant workers, and the criminals. Uh, this is a film with multiple layers, and you really need to almost step back a moment and try to take it all in. What we have here are two police officers, Hussein and Hassan. One, idealistic yet naive rookie, and the other, a struggling veteran who does what he needs to keep his wife happy as she wants to keep up with the Joneses. Uh, although I'm not sure there are anyone named Jones in Malaysia, but I digress. We see them interact with many different migrant workers, most who are there illegally. And while the rookie, Hussein, played by uh, Mr. Azim, uh, he wants to clean up the streets. Other, uh, Officer Hassan, he looks to exploit them for his own gain. Now, while this is happening, they run across one place that is being protected by some higher ups in the force. Soon, everything comes to a head in tragic fashion. So, don't want to give too much away here, but let's get to why this was so brave. And that's because in Malaysia, you cannot make a movie about the police unless they give permission. So, what director Nam Ron tried to do was ask a corrupt police force to allow him to make a movie about police corruption. Needless to say, this was a daunting task indeed. Um, he was there and talked about this, and it was like non-stop back and forth. With many changes made to the script as it went along, and finally it was greenlit. But he kind of slipped out um, that he decided to add some stuff not in the final okay script. How much was changed, I don't know. But what made this somehow work and actually happen for him was there was a political revolution of sorts in Malaysia. And the new government was trying to root out the decades of corrupt officials and tendencies and they allowed this film to be made um, you know they say timing is everything that can never be truer than in this case you really have to wonder if Nanron tried to make this film five years ago probably would have never happened looking at the performances here um, I have to say I am becoming a big fan of Aria Bayou who plays a migrant worker and a single father who's trying to help his sister return to Indonesia as he hates her life there after she agreed to come over as a worker for a family. 
And it seems in Malaysia, um, if you agree to work for someone, they can hold your passport and work visa and won't give it back until you complete your contract. I found this aspect almost as appalling as the corruption angle. I mean, you, you're not allowed to quit your job, basically. You come here, you're not allowed to quit. It's, you know, really unbelievable um, that this goes on. So that's what I'm saying. You know, we all complain about America, and I do too. But, man, it's tough in some other countries, let me tell you. But back to Ario, for his performance, uh, it was great. There was a simmering anger under his calm, diligent exterior. And when it boils over, it is so real that you can get lost in it. Uh, Timothy Castillo, as I mentioned, um, has a small role, but still amazes me whenever I see him. And then we have Zahiro you know, Adzim, who plays the rookie officer, and he was excellent as well. His performance was very nuanced. And the one thing that struck me about his character, it really struck me, it stood with me a long time after this film was over, was he seemed to be almost obsessed, not necessarily with crime, but crimes committed by migrants. And this puzzled me at first. You know, it got me thinking about many here in this country who seemed obsessed about immigrants coming here. And I think this film does a nice job of showing you that while there are some that come here and do wrong, there are others who want to work hard and just provide for their families. And putting them all in one basket isn't right. Because there are plenty of natives of their country who are just as bad, if not worse, and we see that here. So I really think there's a lesson here to be told in this film um, that could relate to America as well. You know, I understand people are scared. You know, people come to this country, you know, we talk about the MS-13s and they come here and they murder and they kill. It's appalling. And I, I want them thrown out of this country too. I want them all caught and jailed and sent away and never, to never come back. But there's also a lot of people who come here and maybe they couldn't do it the right way for whatever reason. They're coming from poverty. And they come here and they don't harm anyone. They just want to work hard and, and, and just try to, you know, give a life to their families. And it's, it's hard to put all these people in the same basket. And I, I, just, I thought this was a very underlying theme of this film that I don't even know if the director knew that this, you know, at least for me, I was, I was seeing this story and this parallel to America. Um, and it really stuck with me. I will say, you know, nothing's perfect. And, you know, pacing was an issue early on here as I definitely felt it was lagging at times. Uh, but when it was over, I felt very happy for seeing it. Um, it's not a thrill ride. But there was some action towards the end, but I would definitely characterize this as a drama. And like I said before, you know, considering the stumbling blocks that were lined up in getting this made, I found this such a brave project. I mean, you know, when you think about it, these police are corrupt. And, you know, who's to say that, you know, maybe them, him making this movie about police corruption, something could have happened to him or happened to some of the actors and the people involved in this film. I don't think it's such a stretch to think that they could have been uh, fearful of their lives uh, in making such a film. So, you know, I am very, very happy this got made. And, you know, just credit to Namron and, you know, and, and everybody who is interested in, in making this film. And credit to, you know, the, the, new, the new politicians in, in Malaysia for also, you know, trying to change the way the country is and, you know, maybe bring it to a more modern country, and, you know, and I think a lot of it is, you know, not censoring 
people talking about the problems of the country. So again, I, I feel not a great film, but a good film and a very, you know, like I said, I, the word that this keeps coming to me, this is a brave film. And I definitely think you should check this out. Um, I gave it a six and a half out of ten. Our next film, Wrath of Silence, 2017 out of China, directed by Yu Kun Jin, who uh, directed a film called The Coffin in the Mountain, which I really never heard of. Another film called Distance, I have heard of, I haven't seen. Starring Zhang Wu, uh, who plays Chang Wanian. Zhang Wu has been around a while now. Uh, he was in the film 1911. Uh, with Jackie Chan, Dragon with Donnie Yen, Let the Bullets Fly with Chang Yun Fat. He's played alongside some of the biggest names uh, in China. Also starring Song Yang, who plays Zhang Bao Min. Might know him best as Judge Archer in that film. He was also in The Final Master. And Yuan Wen Kang, who plays Zhu Wenji. He was in Assembly, uh, was like a war film. And he was in Tai Chi Zero. He had a supporting role in Tai Chi Zero. And our tagline for this film is, He doesn't need to speak for you to hear him scream. A mute farmer's son goes missing in the mountains. Now he travels from town to town trying to find him, crossing paths with a shady businessman along the way. This was one of the more anticipated films from this year's festival for me. And yes, it kind of sounds like the plot from Paradox uh, that we did last show. And that, uh, you know, but this is a much different film. Uh, Paradox was stylized, shiny, post-pounding action. This is gritty, washed over, intense. Throughout the film, we don't know what happened to his son. But what we do know is, you know, Bauman is not a likable guy, but not a bad one. And because of this, you wonder how many people could hold a grudge against him. And then we see Chang, the almost psychopathic magnate uh, played by the great Zhang Wu. He gives money to schools one moment, and the next he's bashing someone's skull. And then we have a lawyer, you know, played by Yuan Wang Kang, uh, the lawyer uh, Zhu Wenji, whose daughter is targeted for kidnapping for some reason, not fully explained at the time. And how does everyone fit in this puzzle is what the story is telling us. Yeah, telling us very methodical. As I said, Zhang Wu, such tremendous as the crazy bits. Uh, Song Yang, I felt was a little up and down here, but I thought this was a very difficult role. You know, having to convey all emotion without uttering a word is no small feat. And overall, he was pretty good with it. Uh, but sometimes I felt a disconnect of his performance. You know, this is one of those films you feel gets better as it gets closer to the end. Uh, there are some scenes involving the two children that are extremely well done. And give us, they give us both hope and despair at the same time. And here was really one of the finest moments of the film. And the imagery stood with me long after the credits rolled. Speaking of imagery, despite the almost barren landscape of this mountain town, the cinematography was very well done. It truly uh, was a highlight of this film. Also, a very good score added to the overall feel of the film. What midway was what I felt was just an average film became much more. It's definitely a film that you're going to appreciate more when it's done than when it's first being seen, I believe. Uh, so, you know, if you start to watch Wrath of Silence and you're just like, uh, you know, it's okay, but it's not, you know, I don't know if I'm going to keep watching this. 
I implore you to keep watching it, and I feel you're going to be happy when you do. You know, I gave this a 7 out of 10. It wasn't an easy score to give. Like I said, um, at times I thought this was very average, but then at other times I thought this was quite good. And sometimes I use the term uneven, and I'm not sure I would use the word uneven for this, but it is a film that uh, kind of changes gears, I guess is maybe the best way to say this. So I would, again, I would stick with this film. Overall, I think this is a very enjoyable film. And our final film for today, The Looming Storm. 2017 out of China also, uh, directed by Dong Yu. This is his uh, feature film debut. It's starring Duan Yi Hong, who plays security chief, Yu Guawei, who uh, we talked about before, Extraordinary Mission that we reviewed here, uh, Wind Blast, Battle of Memories that we reviewed here. Also starring Zhang Yi Yan, who plays Yanzi, um, she was in Dealer Healer, Swordmaster, The Four, he had uh, a role in Reign of Assassins. Also starring Du Yuan, who plays Officer Zhang. Uh, he is in the film Assassins, The Assassins. And uh, the tagline for this film is, He Sees the Darkness Approaching. So what's this one about? Well, a security chief at a factory is trying to solve the case of a serial killer roaming his town. Uh, circa 1997. That is the basic plot. Uh, but, man, this story is something else. Before we get started, though, I have to say this film had a lot of similarities to Memories of Murder. And the rock, uh, director, Dong Yu, admitted that the film had a lot of influence on this one in an interview. He had a Q&A after the screening, and uh, someone brought up that were there any other films that uh, you kind of took from when making this and inspired this in some way. And when he said that, I knew what he meant. I knew he meant Memories of Murder, and um, the director, without even being told, uh, definitely offered up Memories of Murder as a winning inspiration for this film. And it's by no means a ripoff, but the style, feel, some of the cinematography were very similar to the overall setting. And to me, this is some job by a new director. Very polished and really well done. Again, this is the story of a security chief with delusions of becoming a detective one day. Now with murders happening around him, gets the chance to prove himself, even though the actual detectives wanted to keep out of their way. Now, it's only been a few years since we have been able to see movies and actors from mainland China. Uh, so, they don't carry the same, how should we say, sachet that some of the more established Hong Kong actors do. But there are a couple who have begun to stand out. And maybe chief among them, Duan Yi Hong. He was good in the other films that I've seen him in. But he brought it to another level here. His almost obsessive compulsion coupled with his awkwardness and yet over-eagerness to please is so balanced and real. Uh, this is a very complex role and he ran with it. Jiang Yiyan was very good as well. Um, I liked it a little more in Dealer Healer than I did here. But this is a different role, you know, as the call girl love interest of sorts of our protagonist. The atmosphere of this town in 1997 is a big part of the overall charm of this film. It is almost always raining. You know what? Not just raining, pouring. Uh, you almost feel at times like the film is a black and white film. There are no bright colors. Just a washed out gray as we see this town and factory, in fact, slowly becoming a victim 
of the changes um, that the 1997 political upheaval brought. In fact, the most exciting scene in the film takes place during a torrential downpour in a train yard that was intense and reminded me a bit of a scene for confession of murder. Um, but there are some issues toward the end of this film where we start to see scenes that we are not sure are real or in someone's head, and we never quite know for sure. And the climax felt a bit, bit rushed and a little off-kilter. It's still delivered enough to make this a really fun watch, and I also love some of the music used in this film as well. Um, again, lately I just, I don't know, um, some of these films, I really feel they have really stepped up in the scores in these films. Uh, that's maybe something that wasn't a big thing, you know, in the older days of Asian film, you know, but, you know, something is usually more reserved for uh, films from America, Hollywood, or maybe even India, where they have a lot of musical numbers. And I never always thought, you know, you know, films like from Korea and China, that wasn't like a big sudden point. But uh, that's changed, and uh, I've noticed it a lot during this festival. And, you know, again, as I pointed out earlier, the cinematography, fantastic. Uh, you know, I think director Yu took a lot of cues on some great classics, but that's just being smart. And, uh, and I really look forward to seeing more from this very humble man, who I had the pleasure to meet after the screening for a few moments. He was uh, kind enough to sign a poster of the film for me and uh, exchanged a couple of pleasantries. Uh, but definitely a very humble man. And um, you know, let's hope he stays away. And this, you know, hope he keeps making films because I thought this was great. I thought this was one of the best films I saw at this year's festival, and I really think you will enjoy it. It's moody, sullen, somewhat dark, which I think I've said about almost every film at this festival, haven't I? But it is engaging and gripping, and still gives you some new perspective at the close. I give this an 8.5 out of 10, and definitely one of my top choices uh, from the festival this year. And that's our show. I will return later on this week, uh, maybe the weekend, uh, you'll see me again. But for another five films to the New York Kids and Film Festival, this time we're going to be reviewing films from the final weekend that took place at the SBA Theater in Chelsea, including what was my favorite film of this year's festival, One Cut for the Dead. Until then, as always, thanks for listening, and bye.